0: this is the frontier podcast powered by gun.io the engineer's choice for engineering talent if you like what you hear rate review and subscribe and follow us on twitter at the frontier pod one of the most difficult transitions an organization can make is moving from how much will that cost and how long will that take to how quickly can we deliver first value that's the essence of agile transformation. So Ledge sat down with Jeff Despain, Senior Director of Engineering at CHG Healthcare, to discuss the company's relatively rapid and intensive transformation to agile product teams, a full 80-person organization in just over nine months. Jeff shares lessons about change management, leadership, and customer-focused value. Jeff, great to have you. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, I'm, I'm very excited to be here. It's really good to have you. Could you give a uh, two or three minute intro of, you know, yourself and your work just so the uh, listeners can get to know you a little bit?
1: So myself right now today, currently uh, director in IT for CHG Healthcare, and we have a team of about uh, 30 engineers. Uh, we've got team that's recently gone through a kind of an agile scrum transition over the last year which has been pretty exciting we've also adopted some new technologies uh, being developing uh, we've had a lot of technology developed in Salesforce we've incorporated uh, more capabilities where we're now building in AWS and doing a lot of cloud development it's been a great transition for us all of that over the last year um, and the team has done just a great job we've come from a, a a lot different place a year ago to where now we're kind of already uh through some of these transition transitions and we're really starting to start hitting on uh, more and more cylinders
0: so. so you've got a you know platform to platform technology to technology a mm-hmm. legacy upgrade kind of disposition there you know um i wonder you know outside of the technology what's that been like the change management you know from your yeah. perspective trying to move move attitudes, maybe, you know, talk a little bit differently. I mean, there's just, just a lot different going on there. That's a lot of transition for one year.
1: It is a lot of transition for one year and we were really concerned about it. To be honest, going into it, um, with the team that has a, that has a pretty high tenure. So this kind of change was, uh, one of the considerations and concerns we had going into it, especially around Jaws Scrum. And, uh, However, we brought, we, onboarded a, we brought on a team to ha- help us go through that and kind of consult with us as we went through that. And I think that kind of helped. Also, uh, just the culture. We're, we're lucky to work in a place that has a really good culture, and that culture along with a lot of the agile principles, I think, really helped us move a pretty good-sized team. And the, the size I gave you was just the developers. If you consider the whole team, you know, we're probably 70, 80. People that went through that transition, and uh, so I think really I've been through this kind of transition before with other companies. It took a little longer uh, here. I'd say it's taken us about nine months to kind of get through that to where we were not looking back and saying we want to go back. We kind of already passed that, and so the culture had a lot to do that. And being considerate of the change management, also there's pretty a high touch approach to leadership here. Um, where we do weekly one-on-ones and um I stay really close uh, you know to the people as leaders so I think that kind of helped with that transition.
0: Yeah, how do you arrange so i mean, 30 engineers you must have um now it was a scrum team approach. What was the difference in um uh, the team and organization uh arrangement, you know, as you went from I'm guessing from more like a waterfall sort of uh format to to now scrum teams. So how big are they? How did you arrange leadership and management you know, around that, that transition? How do you break up the work?
1: That's a great question. So functionally, we didn't change too much. Um, the functional reporting kind of stayed the same. However, the first thing we did that lasted just a few months is we broke up into product teams. And we kind of organized the product teams around our, our business value stream. And uh So with those product teams, you know, that provided some focus first for each of the teams and started um, helping us um, kind of build out the teams and separate them into not just focus, but, you know, the right size teams. Um, That lasted for a few months. And then we came in with Agile and started building, you know, specific scrum teams. Right now we have eight scrum teams out of that number of engineers and I guess I should add uh, all of our engineers involved in that. So we're probably up around 42. So we've got an average of five engineers on each scrum team.
0: And so you broke them up along product lines then. So there's a, a customer alignment there.
1: Yeah. With our value stream and our customer alignment. So we're a bit of a sales organization. We do staffing for medical companies for hospitals, So we have uh, our clients are hospitals and uh, uh, physicians would be our uh, providers and we, um, we match them up. So where there might be a, a position opening with a, with a client, with a hospital, we help do all the logistics of finding and credentialing involved with onboarding a, a physician or a provider.
0: We know that business just not in yeah. healthcare, right? So, <laughs> so I, I'm interested, you know, just from a technology perspective, you know, um, how do you facilitate maybe some of that matching kind of thing? Um, you know, there are a lot of a lot of businesses that use it, you know essentially like a two sided marketplace, right? You know, like basically uh, you know you've got your customer and you've got your provider and you're putting that together right. in the middle. You know, you're mm-hmm. the, the you're the technology and human middleware there. Uh, what's that look like and how do you address that? A lot of people try to build businesses like that.
1: Well, it's not all technology, you know, I think uh, for CHG Healthcare, especially, um, a lot of it's fairly high-touch, right? Uh, we have a, a great sales department, and they're pretty high-touch reaching out to the clients and the providers. Um, where we are wanting to grow more is in the tech, so we've kind of become, we're kind of focused right now on not just being high-touch, but also high-tech. And uh, and for our clientele, uh, clients and providers, providing a little bit more user-friendly, you know, technical experience for them, where, where that comes into play. So it's really going to be going forward, both of those, obviously, uh, getting a lot of attention from us as a company. From an IT standpoint, we're pretty excited that we have an opportunity to, to bring that high-tech and the, the company's investing in that, and we're kind of going forward with that focus.
0: You talked about Salesforce, obviously a big SaaS product. You talked about AWS, which means you're going from on-prem to cloud. Um, How does that play in? Did you find that that kind of transition had to happen at the same time as Agile?
1: Well, no, we actually did it at, at the same time, but it didn't have to happen at the same time. It was an opportunity for us. As we, so we, so Salesforce is a large part of our infrastructure and a lot of our toolset. What we saw was an opportunity in in some of the new solutions we want to provide to, you know, look at some other technology stacks. So, and and cost is one of those things you're always, you know, looking at. And so uh, we were looking at some of our, external facing solutions and we felt like every was a good platform some of the technologies we wanted to work with were Would work better in that space and so really what we've done is just kind of increase our tool set and our uh, digital platform so that we now that when we look at uh, what we need to provide for our internal company or for our external facing company we have a, a toolbox where we aren't constrained by just one set of tools, but we can kind of leverage whatever and come up with the best solution for, for us and for our clientele. So,
0: so. as a new, as a new agile organization, yeah. uh, I'm interested to know how has your estimating and budgeting evolved?
1: <laughs> well, that, that uh, that's a great question. So we were very, very project centric before, which I think is probably typical for a lot of companies that, look at Agile and move to that, they're probably coming from a very project-centric mindset. Um, Becoming product-centric, especially in IT, is a little different, right? Especially when you've got a lot of internal IT projects that appear to have start and end dates, um, project kind of fits that. Whereas product, you're looking at building and maintaining something longer term, adding in different versions and revisions, and really keeping the focus on that as a product. So there's a little bit of mindset there. So the estimating becomes a little different too. I think if you're aware of Agile Scrum, you're, you know, you're in a a different mindset where you're starting to put some of that, more of that ownership closer to the team. And, uh, but that's actually gone pretty good. You know, we're able to differentiate our, our focuses. We have product managers running different parts of our, even our internal development and the teams have over time, started to refine and develop that backlog more and more. Initially, that was kind of rough, but now, you know, they're starting to get a pretty good step on that. And And our estimation is now a little bit better. I think it's harder. We're still going through a little bit of the challenge of, you know, we're not just sticking a data out there and trying to hit it. We're focusing more on delivering value, but I think what we're seeing is with the frequency of the times we're presenting that value at the end of every sprint, for example, that the collaboration with our customers just keeps getting better. They don't feel like they have to wait six or month or six months or year or longer before they get an update. They're getting that more frequent. So the discussions around a date all the time seems to start moving away till, you know, when can we get this value? And and that type of discussion. So it's actually a great change from dates to value.
0: I love that. That's that's a really great great way to uh, to summarize it. Now you obviously had to have high level business buy-in as well. I mean this is all the way up to I'm guessing your know, operations and finance level and probably mm-hmm. high level executive because you can't shift from that disposition unless you have the buy-in to say, you know, we can no longer cost and budget per project, which means that it goes all the way up. I mean, it has major budget applications at the, uh, even at the P&L level.
1: Yeah, no, you're exactly right, David. It does go all the way up and, you know, we're fortunate to have that. In fact, um, there's a lot of credit given to the team and those involved um, kind of, you know, pushing and driving this trans transformation. We call it evolution because it never stops. But, uh, you know, without the support from higher up, without the funding, without the continual backing, then it would have been a lot more, you know, probably wouldn't have been successful as quick. Right. Um, We probably still I've heard of uh, situations where uh, companies try to bring on agile scrum from grassroots and try to develop and that can work. But that's a longer term thing. But at some point, you're hitting into business, right? And getting in and engaged. I think with the approach we took, the support was there right off, right from the beginning. And the business was encouraged and also um, didn't have to be encouraged very much. They were just right on board to kind of get in and understand what we're doing and how they can be involved and how this could really win for everybody. And uh, that was very helpful in this process. So. Yeah, I'm sure that sends you home with more
0: of a smile than, than trying to drag the change management train behind you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the change management wise, getting the, the business buy-in initially and, and being, and having that buy-in continually really helped make the, the process smoother for us. So. so
0: my last and favorite question, you know, we are mm-hmm. obviously in the business of Finding and vetting evaluating, you know, and then obviously placing right the Mm -hmm. the very best software engineers So we take that very seriously. We have a multi-tier process all kinds of you know interviews testing, etc That said, you know We know we can always learn from other you know experts in the field. You've been doing this for a long time So I'm curious to hear from you, you know How do you evaluate and find you know and, and understand that you're talking to the very best engineers for your team, you know, what are your hiring heuristics to bring the best software engineers on board?
1: Well, that may answer may surprise you a little bit. We um, we have a, a breadth in skill set levels with our engineers, right? And um, with each of our Scrum teams right now, we've actually taken a close look at all the teams and the skill levels that we have across the engineers, and and we're looking at that right now. And we're realizing we have you know a lot of engineers what we'd call engineer two. We have one two, engineer one two and a senior engineer. A lot of our engineers are engineer two. We're a really strong medium senior engineer type field. And as we build these teams, we're right now looking at how we want to grow more in the, in the heavy skill set, lead some of those senior engineers into principal engineers. At the same time, bring on junior engineers and kind of get more of a bench on each of these teams. Um, when we hire, however, we're not always we don't jump right into the skills. For us, a lot of it is culture. A lot of a lot of it is just discussion with members on the teams, with a candidate, um, feeling, you know, understanding where they're coming from, where they've been working in that, but really where they're coming from for a culture fit. Um, we actually feel pretty comfortable where maybe we hire someone on their strong culture fit that we can blend in and help with any technical growth that may, you know, may benefit them forward or the team. Um, but again, back to what I was saying there, now where we're kind of looking for very high-end engineers like you were talking about and how we rate that, we do have um, some sessions now where if we're looking for someone that's a senior principal engineer where they're meeting with our solution architects and enterprise architecture that's where more of our in-depth technical discussions are coming from now not just from peer engineers or, or uh, development managers so that's where we're when we're looking for more of the high-end we're having some of those discussions with architecture so
0: well fantastic Jeff thank you so much for the insights thanks for joining mm-hmm. us today and best of luck as you continue the
1: transition hey i appreciate the time have a good one
0: thanks for listening to the frontier podcast produced by gun.io we're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers if you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer